Welcome to another episode of OTXNT, which stands for Old Testament, Christ, New Testament. Two men, two degrees, Old Testament and New Testament. Listen to Dr. Andrew Marquez and Dr. Benjamin Pate begin a discussion on topics that you and I should probably be thinking about from a Baptist perspective. Hang in there. It's going to be all right. This stuff is good. Hit that like button. Check us out on YouTube. I am on. Well, hey, man. I am on as well. How you doing? I'm good. I've reintroduced caffeine into my life, and it just makes me a happier person. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, when you do things like this, I then take initiative. You you influence <clears throat> me. You're a social media influencer. Every time I interact with you on online, I am influenced to do something, and so therefore – I will probably put caffeine back. Actually, I've enjoyed trying to be less <clears throat> caffeinated, so I probably won't do that. I, uh, I, I'm i doing pretty low because <clears throat> I don't want to get back to where I was. Um, but I'm kind of like, hey, I know what the day's facing. If I can have a cup of coffee, it, it won't hurt me. But it's true. super effective right now. <clears throat> so you, um, <laughs> Here's an off topic. This is something. Have you ever noticed that when you give up something – like this I've always felt is like a difficult thing of fasting – like even if you decide I'm going to give up something for when people say like, let's do this for Lent or let's do, have you found that like when I give something up, there's a legalistic part of us that then begins to feel like it's bad that I'm adding it back in finally, like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Like, oh, I shouldn't. And so all of a sudden something as stupid as do I drink Coke or not with caffeine after I've gone for four months, it becomes to be like this, oh, I don't know if I should bring it back. I, I'm my, I, I don't yeah, want to hurt yeah. my body. I don't know if I need to be dependent on it. It's like, man, we've messed up. Yeah. I mean, again, I think some of it is that pursuit of awesomeness that, that you have, you know, and, and uh, it's just kind of like, well, how can you ever go backwards? And sometimes it's like, well, it's not really going backwards. Is it? I mean, uh, the reason I kind of pulled caffeine was I was trying to reset my dopamine and trying to, you know, get my heart, you know, from being from rapid. All the your dopamine looks you know? great. It looks <laughs> but uh, like yeah, good. so the this is why people get into caffeine because initially it's this huge return and you can knock out stuff in the afternoons. and um, But then the return diminishes like with any addiction, you need more. So I, I'm trying to like once or twice a week um, open myself to coffee in the morning and um uh, I will say my productivity goes dramatically up. And so, you know, uh, it's like a trade-off. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I felt guilty about it. I'm, I'm still getting the non-caffeine Coke. Most of the time it's non-caffeine coffee, if anything. And, uh, I do think what's that not the whole point was, okay, if I, if I had a rough night and I got to get stuff done, caffeine's very effective. And yeah. so, you know, I remember, I remember when we used to, when we were working on our PhDs that, there were those times that like I had been so caffeinated, it no longer worked. And then there were times where I would get off and then we'd be up cramming for comps or, or not comps. We were doing something else. And then it would be like, it was effective because I'd been off for so long, but I will say, I think there's something legalistic sometimes that in us, I think maybe it's that desire to, you know, to, to accomplish, like you said, to, to feel like I'm doing contributing we like even make it to something as small as what we might put away for a while to bring it back. It would, it begins to mess with your head of like, Oh, should I, 
should I, am I mastered by it or whatnot? But anyways, that's not for this discussion today. You just just don't water it down, Ben. You know, just don't water the caffeine down. I do yeah. half cap. That's my thing. That's well, my thing. I'm just saying that that might segue us into what we're talking about today. Oh, which... yes. Yes. What a perfect way. See, you're so, I'm not even this is because <laughs> I have not had my caffeine, but perfect way to talk about this is. Uh, today's article we are going to be looking at we're going to be mm. responding together kind of walking through an article it came out two weeks ago came off of breitbart but it actually goes to a couple different places wall street journal pew research uh and the, the the title of the article as andrew has already alluded to is poll a majority of mm. americans worry religious institutions are abandoning watering down traditional beliefs there you go. So we're going to talk and, about it. And just to clarify, abandoning by watering down religious beliefs is there, not, not a, yeah, abandoning a the watering down. I wish we would abandon the watering down. It should that, be. be nice. That would have been good. Yeah, there is a comma. <clears throat> they are abandoning comma watering down traditional beliefs. So you're absolutely right. So, yeah. So you I want mean, to talk a, about it? There, yeah, there's a number of ways we can go. Uh, why don't we go ahead and um, start with the Lord's Prayer and then uh, just jump on in. Let's do it. Um, all right, please join me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, look, I think we don't need a poll to just kind of see that this is happening. I think it's pretty clear that this is happening. Yeah, I mean, you look at right, you just read the news of almost every major denomination at this point, and there's nothing that shows these people are going back, right? Like these people are returning to everything seems to go the opposite way, it seems, right? That that things are becoming less and less uh back to their roots and they're becoming more and more they abandon those things they toss that out so what do we find in this article yeah um, you want to walk through some of the things that you've seen as you looked yeah. at it and then i'll chime in on some of the other things i think are anecdotal for this i mean one of the things that i'm encouraged by is the fact that americans the majority of americans are worried about the watering down of uh, religious beliefs that, that's taking place uh, that institutions are doing this and so uh, I think this is a shock because I think most religious institutions are operating on the assumption that the world wants us to water down this stuff so that we can make it more palatable to a larger audience. But what we're seeing from this article is that Americans are concerned about the watering down of religious uh, traditional beliefs by uh, religious institutions. And I think this is a good thing. I, I don't think that religious institutions are going to hear this very well because it takes a long time to uh, to change that uh, momentum. But uh, I, I'm kind of encouraged by the reality that uh, at least those that care are concerned about people not being all that um, uh, steadfast in in maintaining the the tradition faith. Uh, so, uh, can I, that's, I that, let me let me say yeah. this? I because I see what you're saying. I I think that I think what's important to that is I think this poll reveals 
what everybody is saying, like, I, I think it's important that people aren't stupid in that sense. Like they do see that things aren't what they used to be. And there seems to have been, you know, a real turning from <clears> that <throat> at the same time. Right. It, it goes on. Uh, and uh, and you'll see that, like, as you walk through some of this poll that they talk about. Right. They say 75 percent say religious faith is important to their lives. Uh, and nearly half say it's very important to their lives. Uh, and, uh, you know, but so, um, you know, as you, and then as you go through this, they say only 39% say it's very important. So that is a number that I think is very interesting because it's truth be told, if you're going to be very, if, if faith is truly what it needs to be, right, then that's the number that I'm looking at, right, is we're the people that say that this is super important, faith is super important. And so as they do that, you've got 65% say everything's watered down, but it really only 39% of all people say faith is actually important. So I, I wonder if, this is how I'm reading this, right, is that is that everybody sees this falling apart, and uh, it, those people are, you know, concerned as well, who are very important. But there's another segment of this that it's important, but it's not important enough. And they don't and they see what's happening. But then again, it really. It's it's not really going to affect them because it's not as important. It, it's it's sad. It, it may be it might almost be like uh, I guess the way I might read this is like uh you know, you drive to your old downtown, you're like, oh, dang, they're closing that favorite pizza restaurant. In fact, I am upset. When I moved here in November, <laughs> they had a, a pieology pizza place that was here. And this was great because we used to live near a pieology. I love being able to eat a full pizza and not feel bad about it. And pieology was one of those places that did that for me. It, it just, it was, you could put anything on it. I drove through the downtown the other day. Pyology's gone. They're putting a grilled cheese restaurant in there. And look, grilled cheese, I'm sure it's going to be excellent, but the satisfaction I get from eating a giant pyology and feeling good about it, I may not get that unless I eat three or four grilled cheeses, and I'm probably not going to want to do that for the caloric intake. All that to say is I think some people will say, oh, shucks, isn't this terrible? And then they move on with their life and they don't care, right? Yeah, I see what's happening. It's gone. It's going down. But only a set are like truly, really burdened because that's the ones that it really matters to. So that's my initial take on looking at this. Yeah, I, I think so. Some good signs. Again, 75% uh, of respondents are saying that religious faith is important to their daily lives. What is down is the very important figure. It, it dropped about, uh, you know, it was at 62% in 90, uh, 1998, and now it's down to 49% by this poll. And another poll, it was down to 39%. Uh, so again, there's a, a good marker of a differentiation between the surveys, but it's down. Uh, but still, 71% are saying it is important. Uh, and and then, you, so, so how does that jive, like you're saying? Um, it's it's moved from an area that's very important to an area of yeah you know uh, it's important but the the majority of those that are polled are saying that they're concerned 65% are concerned that religious institutions are abandoning traditional belief and so why would they be concerned if their own concern is lessening and i think that there's some between the lines uh, that can be read into this to say that people i think are actually a little disappointed in the fact that they have a diminished uh, 
place for faith in their life. It's still yeah. important, but it's not as important it was as it was. Perhaps the reason it's not is because their own religious institutions are failing them. And so, huh. uh, you know, maybe, you know, there's, there's probably some a link there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, it's a little bit, and, and this is the thing, people, people will tell you what they want, but they, they don't always know what they need. And, and sometimes we need to give them what they need, not what they want. And uh, it betrays itself sometimes at a level like this, where uh, y- you want us to be giving you hardcore traditional beliefs from your churches, from your Christian colleges, um, even non-Christian groups. And yet these institutions, especially the more elite ones, are constantly watering it down so that they can get more people interested. And it's having a net effect of diminishing uh, their place. And the majority of people are diminishing in the uh, tenacity, the, the, the enthusiasm uh, of what they view as uh, the importance of faith in their own lives. And so uh, I think, you know, for me, if I was trying to draw conclusions, it would be going the direction of we are giving people what they want, but not what they need. And this is a poll showing that it's a failure. When you water down faith to try to reach more people, you actually are less impactful and you're reaching less people. <laughs> and, uh, and people know this and what they want from us is what we claim to offer. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, I could see it that way too. And I think you're probably right. There's a reason why this is tied why why you see these numbers the way they are um you know connected to this study though too is they make a couple interesting observations and i think these are really pretty telling uh, of just it's it's bizarre and i think this is shows that because we have watered things down look at the mess that we're in um two things so this they the one of the things that they link to in this article is to wall street journal and they did this poll um, and, and they they do one on patriotism and uh, and they see how that has changed. Um, they look at religion and they see that these are these are things that they're polling the very important. Uh, this is very important to us. So they say that uh, in uh, 98, re- patriotism was super important to people. Uh, now it's not so much like it's it's been a big decline. In uh, 98, religion was polling at like 62%. It was seen high, and now it's it's uh, like below 40% to them. Um, this is the one I think is staggering, and this is one I think is just devastating. In 98, close to 60% of people said having children is very important, and now that number looks to be breaking just slightly above like – probably at the 30 point, like it's, it's halved. Uh, and, and the only thing in their poll that shows of something that was Im- very important that is continuing to grow and very important is money. And so here's what I say of this too, is this is obviously clear that, um, one area that we have watered down, uh, and I'm just going to go here. I think one area that has been watered down in the church is the idea of the importance of family uh, and what you know the the, the importance of children? Um, this is this is another one. Let me just jump here too. Uh, there's another one in this Breitbart article that they jump to as well, and this is the Pew Research Center. This is the other one that just blows my mind. So not only do we have in within uh, you know what is it 98 to this 25 years, right? So 25 years we have seen this jump to where, you know, less than 30% thing having kids is important, very important of the people that, that they, they, in the Pew research poll, they said 
of having children, the parents that have uh, this is for for parents that they studied. And uh, this says this. This comes out actually just last year in the fall. Um, it says uh, so if you look at people like like this is about their values of things that they want. This is the very important or the extremely important. So 94% of parents polled said it was very important, extremely important to have uh, you know, their children become honest and ethical. 88% said it was important, very, very important or extremely important to become hard work. And they break down these divisions. Like, so I'm just doing these as a collective. Um, this is 81% say they need to be people that help others in need. 80% see they need to be accepting of people. They they want them to be accepting of people who are different from them. That's 80%. 65 want them to be ambitious. Uh, this is the one that's staggering to me. 35% care that uh, that they have similar religious beliefs to their own. And here's what I think is so crazy about this poll is you see what's truly important to even that segment that has children, right, is the religion that's being passed on. And I think this might be revealing of what has been watered down to all it boils down to for a lot of people is you need to make sure that you are honest, that you're hardworking, you help people, you accept you accept all people. I mean, it, it, truly, like, it, it, but it doesn't really matter what you believe on terms of the religious scale whatever you want to believe on that. I don't want to force that on you, but I do want to force that you are do these four things. And to me, I wonder if that is evidence of that. We have, we, we don't speak about the importance of family. We don't speak about the importance of discipleship in the family. The only things that seem to be the watering down and you and I've heard this time and time again is we're told what to do. Last thing I'll say, and I'll throw it back to you because I'm on my rant now. I'm sorry. I've remember I've been told this many times. Church people don't need to be told what the Bible what the Bible is all about. They just need to be told what to do. And this is evidence in this poll is that's what they have been fed for years and years in American pulpits is you five points to be honest and ethical, five points to be hardworking, five points to help others in need, five points to be accepting. And then when it comes to actually like, what does it matter? What do we believe? The gospel, all that, that's, well, that's, you know, 35% is, that's really important. Everything else is make sure you be a good person. So throw that back to you. I don't know if there's yeah. anything that makes any sense of what I just said, but there you go. No, I, I, again, you know, so the numbers are in and again, none, none of these numbers are, are terribly can uh, positive, right? Most of them are, are negatives. We're going in the wrong direction. Uh, there was another poll that came out this, uh, I think it was the Sergeant general uh, giving medical uh, shakeup of the, the, the number of uh, lonely uh, people we have in America today. And uh, it, it's becoming a, a terrible situation of how many people are, are lonely and depressed. And we've been seeing a lot of polls like that. And, and what you're seeing is with the <clears throat> destruction of these institutions and these values, uh, we're also seeing really negative effects in, in the lives of people in their, in their regular lives. Um, and I think you're right. I, I do think that the, this, if you were talking about a sermon uh, given on a Sunday, how many sermons in most of our, our churches are actually geared to the significance of doctrine versus the significance of, of, of being a good person. And I think part of the issue is that it's always safe to say you should be honest and ethical. Um, it's not always safe to say you need to be 
saved. You need to be a Christian. You need to repent from your sins. And so a lot of churches that are in that seeker sensitive mode, and, and I think this is the fruit of the seeker sensitive movement. We're taking the, the primary teaching hour of church and converting it into a uh, commercial for the unchurched. And you're hoping to get unchurched there, but you never really get them past showing up, you know, uh, maybe getting saved, but the, the sermons are always about getting saved and there's never a drawing closer. And so um, you talk about being good, you talk about being ethical, but you don't actually talk about the important uh, doctrines of the faith, the things that need to change. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of this is just cultural stuff, right? Actually, hardworking isn't even a cultural value anymore, but it's still at least a value here. Um, <clears throat> the the reality is that uh, parents should most care about religious beliefs being similar to their own. Uh, that should be you know, the we, top of the list, yeah, right? Is that um, I perpetuate my faith to my my children, especially among chil uh, among Christians, right? Uh, because w would you rather have a child who goes astray but is saved and their their life is kind of a disaster but they are with Christ in eternity, or would you rather have a kid who's wildly successful, has a wonderful life, um, doesn't receive the faith and and dies and goes to hell? Maybe I think Jesus said something about gaining the world and losing your soul. Yeah. That might be in there somewhere. And I think what they're saying here is, oh, ethical and honest assumes you know that they're going to be uh, Christians. But again, I I think. It's just a safe thing to say. What's your basis of ethics if it's not in a, in religion or in theism of some kind? Uh, your ba basis of ethics is completely tied to whatever socially recognized standard you have, and that is always moving. So how can you really have a, a an honest and ethical person if there's no standard for honesty or ethics? And um, th those are the things that aren't discussed because those are doctrinal things. And uh, th these are... Part of the problem but again i think a lot of this is the fruit of watering it down so we're we're safe on the accepted morals and everybody's free to say these are important to me but when it comes to things that the culture says is divisive like religion and politics they drop to the bottom of the list so um i would argue that that poll in particular maybe not it might re be reflecting some of that halo effect where people are going to say the things they want them they feel people want them to say and shy away from the things that they don't um, but that's a pretty huge discrepancy. You know, only, only 35 um, are, are saying religious beliefs in, in, to their own. Uh, but but again, going back to the, the original article, the, the same people are concerned that the institutions that they look to to help them with religious practice are watering it down. Uh, and so th this is really an exciting opportunity for us to say it's time to stop watering it down. What, what we need to do in the church yeah. now is we need to beef it up. What we need to be doing is calling people to deeper appreciation. Yeah. Uh, when my dad left the Catholic church and became a, a Baptist, his mom was shocked that he was going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. She thought he joined a cult. Well, how many churches now are offering things Sunday night, right? That, that one's pretty well died out in most evangelical worlds. And if you try to start it up in your own church, you're going to find it's going to be you maybe and, and a few of the, the old guard uh, but uh, how could you expect people to come back? Well, that was standard practice for a couple hundred years, you know, maybe 400 years that it was a day of worship. And, uh, and it just kind of showed the, the commitment, you know, and, and what I always knew is that your core at your church would was your Sunday night attendees. The hard thing is that when that went to zero, you, you know, do you even have a core left? Yeah. Um, there's other markers of that, but you know, what, what are we doing for the Christians that want to be all out excited and on fire 
are we telling them nothing for you? You know, just come on Sunday mornings and don't make this too much of your life. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel like that's the the thing we send. I, I got to tell you, I think I have I have bought into that in the past. Right. I know we went through this book at my previous church. We went through the um, church unique stuff. And that was a big thing of talking about the idea, you know, of, uh, you know, we want to be more targeted. We don't want to just keep people busy. Right. So that played into this. And then the other thing that played into this is all the stats that are now that attendance is, you know, your average church member used to come three times a week. Now they come maybe one to three times a month. That's just the stats that are there. And I think my response in the past has been maybe, uh, you know, well, this is the reality. We just need to kind of, how do we build something for that? And, and, and there's a part of me that recognizes, right, that these people, we may only get them once a month. We may only get them twice a month. So how do I make it really count when they're there? But I think, I, I think maybe I have been guilty of saying like, uh, I don't know how to say I have, I, I think I have, which saying, because that's it. So we don't need to overextend and try to keep like there might be something to saying we are not busy for the sake of being busy. Right. But that we do expect and raise the bar to say it should mean more to us as a church and as a church people to do. It should mean more that that we give of ourselves to yeah. gather and for worship <clears throat> and for discipleship beyond when we come for one hour a week, like we, and I think, how do you do that? And that's the thing I don't know is how does a church, how does a church raise that bar and make higher expectations for our people? Because I think necessarily most people we've lowered them because we think, well, the culture has moved this way. We've lowered the expectation and some have lowered it to not only attendance, you know, of what we offer, but also just in terms of what we do with them. We don't really do much with them at all. We just have a feel good time and we gather together and hope you give and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we'll so, keep it up. Be, we'll keep it, you know, happy. We won't, we won't really make this a negative because you might've brought a friend and we don't want to trample on, on, on them the first time they visit. And so that Sunday, that Sunday morning hour becomes a real yeah. shallow hour uh, on, on top of it. And that's uh, a big problem. You know, um, we did Simple Church back when I was first starting in uh, vocational ministry because that was the book, you know, um, turn your church into a Google search page, you know, um, minimal stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's your one thing? Your one thing is your process is your uh, um, mission. Your mission is your process. And and again, you know, another kind of church growth thing. Uh, what I ended up doing is destroyed the culture of my church because uh, I was the young guy on staff that was pushing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it was like, why are you doing things on the weekend? People are busy on the weekend. So we we quit doing brotherhood and women on mission on the weekend because it was just more stuff. Um, we we killed cultural pieces of the church yeah. that were generational. And I mean, I think back, I, I loved as a kid going to brotherhood breakfast with my dad and getting the little round sausages. And I have no clue what that is. Once again, showing I didn't grow up in America. Well, so. it was a you know it was it's your men's missions group, right? So we had the okay. men's missions group and uh, women. You had me at group. sausages though. Like, yeah. the, so, what were describe was Jimmy Dean? So we would have breakfast once a month, and it was for the the the, the men of the church. Uh, you know, and this used to be a standard program in most Baptist churches. And yes, uh, one of our deacons always got round sausages. I'd never had those uh, before, and they they were delicious. And um, most of it was really a men's fellowship, if we were honest. And we'd have a Bible study. Yes, yet another Bible study. We actually didn't do a lot in terms of missions. It's one of those things, if you're Baptist, you don't know what to do. You just have another Bible study. 
Um, so I'm not so sure that it was the most, uh, the best use of the time. We probably could have been doing other things, Yeah. Uh, with, but, but not, not just terminate it. So what we were doing is like, let's terminate it and do it into Sunday school. Well, what, all we did is the men gathered less often. And yeah. it, it was one of these things that um, I, you know, trying to even get it back is really hard, but some of these old programs, when, when it's like, oh, we got rid of these programs and we got to focus on relationships. Some of these programs were very essential to maintaining a culture and relationships in the church. And a lot of times we replaced them with nothing. So this brings up something you said is because this is, I think, the struggle I was trying to communicate earlier about when we we want to strip down all that we're doing to be effective. I know that part of our early stripping away of things, too, was to say, look, we want to have we want to have more time to actually be involved with the community and to do things to no lost people. And I do think that's important. Right. Right. Here's here I think is the issue then is are we are we actually doing that right I think what has happened is we say we're going to do it and then we don't do it and we've just given us an extra free night right and yeah. so you know oh it's for evangelism but I don't think and so maybe what could be offered in place is the church then create opportunity to make it to where we are freed up not that we're just there to because because i do think there is some piece of like we why are we here right we're just here to eat together now granted that fulfills a need it does that fellowship that that ironing sharpening iron even if it's just we're eating together and we're seeing each other we're to recognizing we, we we're here together as men or we're here together as women or we're here together as just a gathering fellowships can be important but i think in past generations we put so much emphasis on fellowships uh to where we have neglected the going out but how do we do it in such a way to where yeah, we still, yeah, we don't want you here just because the doors are open, but you should extend yourself to come more than just once and be involved. But how do we also bring, build it into it where this is so that we would reach others, that we would go out and be yeah. equipped. And yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to blow up my church schedule so much that there's no time for your family. Because nobody follow, nobody cares about family anymore. Important to these polls, yeah. and uh, and where there's no time for family to rest, and there's no time for reaching other lo your neighbors and connecting with them and people from the school and whatever. Um, like I, I don't want to do that, but at the same time, I'd like there to be some sort of a a standard, some sort of a thing where yeah. like church it should be more important to my life beyond you know Sunday morning at uh, ten o'clock, right. Right. And, and I would say, you know, part of the problem I had with the early church growth stuff when I got into that was we were we were eliminating things and replacing them with with nothing. We were replacing them with ideas and intention, but we didn't actually follow through on that because building a program's hard. <laughs> and so uh, what you had a lot of uh, pastors who were kind of getting burned out is uh, an excuse to lighten their schedule. And that might have been helpful for some of them because. A lot of the times the pastor is the one that are all of these things all the time, and, and it's uh, a great burden. Um, but the reality is uh, the, that law of unintended consequences. What are we doing to draw people in? If, if you only have one opportunity to speak to your people uh, a week, and they only show up to that once a month, how are you going to address yeah. the, the problems? Um, you know, how are you going to – so you end up you know, kind of doing like a shotgun approach of trying to hit it all, or you just avoid it altogether – and Sunday night used to kind of be that deeper uh, message, or it would be a place where young guys called into ministry could learn to preach. We killed that. So where where do they learn how to do that? 
And then um, when's that used to be prayer? Uh, one of the things that I've been burdened with is like, okay, um, I want people to share their faith. I want them to pray. I want them to worship and I want them to know the scripture. Uh, so how do I train them to do those things if I don't have a program that's doing those things? Yeah. Uh, and so we tend to be good about teaching people how to worship and how to hear the message. But uh, a lot of times we have a small group Bible study that we're trying to push, you know, so they can get into the word. But the prayer service has all but died in the church. Yeah. And uh, and I think, okay, you want people to go home and pray for an hour. Um, have you ever even prayed as a church for an hour? You know, yeah. uh, how do you teach them to pray? And then outreach, most of our people aren't sharing the gospel because they're petrified of it. And so they're going to try to maybe bring a friend to church. That's the best we can do is bring your friend to church day. Um, but, you know, what if we go out and do it? You know, so so one of the things that, that we've done is once a month, at least, we have a prayer and outreach night where we pray for an hour and then we go um, either do some training on evangelism. And if the weather's good, maybe we'll go to a park and we'll just start talking to people. And I'll tell you that I, I'm nervous every time I do that. I am not an, uh, gifted with that confrontational, just go talk to somebody about the Lord. Um, but I can do it when I bring my flock with me and we break into groups. So I kind of need that support as much as anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, and once you show it, you, you might find that somebody in your church is gifted to evangelism and, and you, you do it once or twice and they, they go hit, they, they hit it hard. That's um, good. So, you know, that, that's, but again, most of the weeks we're doing more training on evangelism because it, it's hard if you don't have, again, building the program is hard. Um, and, and so it ends up being another Bible study on evangelism. I don't like that, you know, at least coming up, we'll probably go around and, and distribute vacation Bible school cards and, and things like that. At least we have a slot for that and it's better than nothing. Um, but the prayer is always uh, solid. And uh, when we went out the last time we said, we're going to go prayer walk. And those that are unable to prayer walk, you guys stay here and pray for us. And we're going to have a prayer focus on the neighborhood. And uh, it was really great. I, I need to do more of that. It's just, yeah. we're about to hit the miserable hot days. Um, but you know, so I, I would just say again, um, looking for ways to, again, not water it down, um, make it practical, make it purposeful, not just a program on a program. Um, but uh, people are hungry for it. That's why I'm seeing this study is that the, the people that care and even people that don't care that much, 62% of them are concerned that we're not being who we are, uh, because we're trying to be all things to all people to such a degree that we quit being Christians. Uh, yeah. You know, um, there's two things on that. First off, uh, you know, and I think we're probably nearing the end on this video for, for any of our, I don't want to punish our listeners anymore, but here, <laughs> here, I, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was uh, sitting at a Panera bread the other day and I was listening to these guys talk, you know, I get so distracted sometimes it's because people talk loud and you can hear their conversations. And, um, the, the, you know, we are, we're right near Nashville, near Lifeway. So these people, I think were somewhat, had been connected back in the day because they were using terms like when it was the Sunday school board and, you know, uh, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it was interesting. The guy said to me, Oh, he didn't say, I heard him over. So he said, um, you know, back in the day, he goes, when my dad was a pastor, he said, you know, he, he used to preach Sunday night, Sunday morning twice or three times and Sunday night and, uh, and Wednesday prayer meeting, he goes, and what do these pastors do today? They do like one thing and that's it. And all and they don't visit people. They don't do anything anymore. It's like, there's a piece of that. It's like, you know, I think, I think people, it's kind of like when COVID, when people shut their churches down, I think part, part of not wanting to go back was like, I like, like not having to do anything, like stand in front of a camera and not me. I'm, I'm saying this was with conviction. Like I had to get back. We can't do this. Right. But I know there were some that like, they enjoyed 
not doing anything. They enjoyed that when yeah. Sunday that video went live, they were on the golf course, right? And I think that's a that was a, a like we enjoy the the perks of getting to yeah. be a pastor but not have to do anything. And so I wonder if, if some of this is just laziness on our pastor's part. Like we're just lazy. <laughs> we don't want to do anything anymore. But we and so um, you know, but we want to be looked at as hardworking because this okay. And now I'm going to get off this totally off topic. Let's throw this one on the fire too with the laziness. Uh, factor. Not only do most people not want to do anything anymore, they also don't actually do their own prep for their sermons anymore. Because <laughs> what they'll do is they'll just click the the yeah. button for that comes from Outreach.com for the newest sermon series, and then they'll use that. And they'll have great slides. Everyone's going to think how beautiful the whole package is and the video and all the great things that came from his mind to teach on all the things that they should do. The five points to do these things. Um, and so what I, I don't, maybe, I mean, look, let's not say this. Maybe the problem starts in the pulpit and it starts with lazy pastors and it starts with, uh, us wanting to do less work, both the, of teaching the word of God and helping disciple our people. And then, uh, it, getting our priorities off the word of God and more onto just easy things that are palatable to people. So that's the first yeah. thing. Um, I think I, Oh, Oh, last point I was going to say, but here's, what I think is a good news, right? Because I think there, a, I think there is a pendulum shift that's coming. I started with a doom and gloom looking at, trying to sift through these polls as you and I react to this news article. Right. Uh, one thing I do see that I think Baptists better wake up to, um, is the desire from this newer generation for tradition and uh, and some sort of connection to the past. And I think as we have gone full steam ahead of let's toss this all out, let's be done with all these things, this next generation that's seeking wants something real and wants something that ties us back to the previous generations of faith. Um, and so I think they're looking there. They, I don't think churches should be afraid to have liturgy. I don't think we should be afraid to have scriptural readings and prayer times and to, to yeah. go back and be a little more old school uh, because here's where they're headed. They're headed towards, and I think you and I, I don't care if we've talked about this on here, or we've talked about other places before, but they're headed towards what back to back to some of the, the high church, right? Uh, and, and what's crazy about that is super watered down, but there's some sort of tying back to the old days of how we've done things. So anyways, once again, it's a rant, man, this is a rant and a response, take it yeah. or leave it. Well, and if you're a young pastor and you've only been modeled, you know, kind of bare minimum type stuff, go, go find yourself an associational director who's in his sixties or seventies. And, and talk to them about what they used to do. I mean, you, you're going to get some war stories of circuit preaching all day, driving hundreds of miles, getting paid nothing. Uh, you, you're going to get uh, some stories of like, well, why would you do that? And, and you'll understand what a calling is uh, because it wasn't glamorous. It was it was a call. And, you know, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of uh, patience for for the laziness side because uh, we ought to, we ought to be poured out, you know, like water at the end of this thing. Uh, we, we, we ought to be exhausted some days and we got to balance. We, we don't want to you know, lose our families. Uh, yeah. But we've, we've moved to the other direction of, um, 
the the call of the shepherd is is something that is is lesser than the call of the businessman and and that that just doesn't compute for me um and and again if you're not going to do programs because the programs are not accomplishing anything uh, don't just eliminate though let's let's figure out okay you've actually already got a group committed to a time slot well, my gosh what could we do <laughs> it's hard to get a group committed to a time slot, you know? So uh, that would be my advice, just uh, seeing what I, I did wrong, you know, years ago. Um, so I, I think there's some positives here, but again, people are hungering. Uh, people are are concerned. They want our institutions to be what we claim to be. And so I think if you're on the fence and you've got some people at your church that aren't like in favor of you bringing uh, the foundational solid tenets of the faith, uh, recognize that the world wants you to do that. And so don't be intimidated by a group of uh, 1990 seeker sensitive folks that are, are saying, no, no, in order to grow the church, we got to, we got to do this. You can't preach more than 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. You can't, you can't talk about those subjects. They want you to talk about those things. <laughs> so talk about yeah. those things. Uh, and they and do. I think they're uh, hungry yeah. for that. Yeah. The ones who are seeking are hungry for it. You know, I think the true seekers want, they don't want to have, they have fluff blown at them all the time. But I will say this, anytime you begin your discussion with, if we're really going to grow the church, that should also probably like send off some, I think I'm very skeptical of that now. I think we have bought hook, line and yeah. sinker, the idea of this is the magic pill to do it. And you know what? It's all in God's hands, right? Be faithful to the scriptures. And if God wants to grow it, God's going to grow it. God may not. It's as Peter says, shepherd the flock among you. Your flock that might be among you may not be the next you know, it may not be something massive. It might be that you have a small flock. It might be. Uh, but it, so anyways, man, I think you're absolutely right. Don't be afraid. Stick to the word um, and uh, and let that that's what's going to feed people. Right. One of the reasons we have the problem that we have, we've watered things down is, well, let's and I don't know if that's I think that the best thing we can to fix that is I'm not going to I'm not going to buy my sermon series. I'm not going to copy anything else. I'm going to do the work. As Peter, as as Paul says about who work hard at preaching, I'm going to do hard work of studying to 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 present the word to my flock, and it's going to be the whole counsel of God. I, I think so. All of this ties back to it's the job of of a pastor. And if you have a church that you're not getting fed, uh, that that's you should be looking at like what is the typical sermons that I'm getting? Am I really getting something, or am I not? Yeah. Uh, and you need to make some decisions there too. So, and, and I'll just close with this and let you finish it out. Uh, we're concerned because still the majority of people surveyed say religious beliefs are important, but it's dramatically shrunk. How many say it's very important? And yeah. I think that's because what we've told people is, Hey, it's important, but it's not very important. And, and so essentially they've bought what we've sold, you know, well, you don't have to be here that often. Oh, don't worry about it. You got to get, you know, you, yeah. you go do your thing. And so, but it's important, just not, very important. And what you see is that we actually have good influence because if we treated it like it was very important, more of the people would begin to treat it like it's very important. And so I would say, yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're in ministry and you're um, feeling called to do some things, uh, you treat it like you want the people to treat it and, and it'll happen. Uh, is it very important to you or is it, oh gosh, I got to write another sermon. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't get enough vacation time. They don't pay me enough. Uh, you know, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, that's that's some warning signs there on that. So, all right, well, I'll kick it to you. You want to close this out? Let's do it. May the Lord bless you, protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you 
give you peace. Hey guys, thanks for watching. I think, you know what, I'll say this. Today's conversation, Andrew, I think is, would be, I would say a classic Andrew and Ben conversation prior to us ever doing a podcast ever, right? Like these are the kind of conversation where we sat down, we're like, we just record this because we talk about it all the time. So you're welcome, OTXNT audience. <laughs> uh, this is what we have always been like. And sometimes it links, sometimes it doesn't. But this is, I love this stuff. I've missed getting to just like, let's reflect on some of this. And then we'll circle back around at some point and get to the point, you know. Yeah, we, and we got some more formal subjects that we're we're working on. It's just timing and time. So, yeah, you want to. Uh, there's certain things like we've got to do the work to to do some before we can kind of. This is fun stuff too. This is just yeah. like fun of like easy. Let's just go. But also, hey, if you have topics that you'd like us to to address, comment uh, if you will down below uh, and let us know. We'd like to probably put that in. Maybe if we can address it, one of the next ones we can. Otherwise, just put it on the list. At some point, we'd like to do it. So, uh, let us know. Uh, if these have been helpful to you too, if you have questions, um, what we'll do also is we'll put the uh, link to the article that we addressed today in the in the, down below, so you can go and kind of do your launch off into some of those polls and try to sift through it as well. All right, hey, thanks for listening, and uh, hope uh, hope you guys like and subscribe, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, take care. God bless. Bye bye.